Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year. And why are we doing that? Why are we reading the Bible? Because our spirit yearns to hear the voice of the Father. Our spirit needs to wake up. We've kept our spirit asleep, blinded. Um, no, mainly just asleep. Our spirit lacks muscle because we're so dependent on our conscious mind to think for us, to make decisions, to process things, to, um, to chart our course in life, to set our goals, to plan. And our spirit, we haven't been using it. We don't seek God for advice. We don't pray. Um, yeah, we go to church maybe once in a while. That wakes up our spirit a little bit. But for the most part, our spirit's asleep. Um, and our spirit yearns, longs to be hearing the voice of God. And um, we do that by reading the Bible. That's why we're reading the, um, the Bible. Because it's your inheritance. You are the daughter of the sons of a king. You live in a kingdom. In the spirit world, there is a kingdom. You belong to that kingdom. You're the sons and the daughters of a king. Yet your identity, you don't fully know that. You think you live in this earth reality. That you're part of just your country, your city, you think that's your identity or your profession or what you do for your career, or what you do to make money. You think that's your identity or do you have a loved one? What your family is, are, are they, you have a good family or a bad family? Or are they good people in your life or bad people in your life? You think that's your identity or your hobbies. That's not your identity. That's what you do here on earth. It's, it's um, your experience but it's not your identity. Your true identity is that you are the daughters and the sons of a king and you're part of a kingdom and you have a spirit who knows that but who's been asleep because you haven't been, it's your spirit, but you haven't been um, waking it up. How do you do that? Yes, you go to church so you can fellowship and be in the presence of other spirits, Christ followers. That's why. That's why you go to church. You think you're just going there to be spoon-fed a message? You think you're just going there to, to be a good person or not sin? That's not why you're going. Your spirit longs to be in the presence of other um, Christians. That's just the way it is. It's kind of like, you know, if um, when you go to a party and you see your family or your friends, you gravitate to them. You want to be around them. It fills you up. That's what your spirit is longing for. Why do you read the Bible? Because there's mysteries in here that God is going to speak to your spirit. You got to do this on a daily basis. It is food for your soul. Um, why do you praise and worship? Because that's your way of communicating with God and glorifying the Lord. Um, why do you serve? Because it's your way of of um, bringing God, bringing heaven to earth. It's why you serve other people. So, okay, that's, that's the Christian walk. And so our purpose here on earth is not just to do the things we do as humans, but to bring heaven, the experience of heaven to earth so that you can bring pe more people into their, our kingdom and ultimately be saved so that they don't experience um, the destruction that is foretold in the book of Isaiah, the destruction that is foretold 
in Revelation and they can enjoy um, the presence of God, which will give them peace here on earth in this reality, even in the time of chaos, even in the wartime, even when things are not good, can they still have peace? Yes, they can, um, as we know in many other books and previous chapters. So I used to say I didn't understand the book of Isaiah, but the more I'm jumping into it, the more I'm actually, like my spirit is waking up to comprehending and comprehending in my mind and comprehending it in my spirit and my soul. There are things I don't understand, which I shouldn't. This is the word of God. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. There's no reason I should understand everything. I'm not God. (laughs) My mind is minuscule compared to God's mind. So there's no way I can understand everything. But my spirit finds peace in certain passages. So we are covering 32, 33, and 34 today. And and I'm sharing this with you because I'm going to read bits and pieces that kind of spoke to my spirit. Again, you're going to read it on your own just so that your eyes have covered every word of the Bible. And you can say, I've read every word in the Bible. Um, but there will be verses, passages that just jump out at you. So verse 32, the kingdom of righteousness. See, a king will reign in righteousness and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in the thirsty land. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. The fearful heart will know and understand. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you know how I went off my soapbox right now about the Christian walk and what it's like? I don't know where that came from. It just randomly came out of my mouth. Not realizing consciously that this is what it's talking about, kingdom, until I open this chapter. Now I've read this chapter already, um, but to be honest, I didn't just read it right now. I read it yesterday. And yet that's exactly what it's talking about, kingdom. What is it like to live in a kingdom? The king, the, a king will reign in righteousness. So you are the king of your body, your mind, your heart. And some of you are the king of your household, the king of your, what you rule over. Um, so even though we're talking about kingdoms, yes, the, the larger kingdom in, the, in God's kingdom, but also you're the king of your own life, your own world. A king will reign in righteousness and the rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like a stream of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rocks in the thirsty land. Then the eyes of those who see will no longer be closed and the ears of those who hear will listen. The fearful heart will know and understand. And the stammering tongue will be fluent and clear. No longer will the fool be called noble, nor the scoundrel be highly, um, res- nor the scoundrel be highly respected. For the fool speaks folly; their hearts are bent on evil. They practice ungodliness and spread error concerns concerning the Lord. Okay, great stuff, right? 
I'm going to move on because you're going to have to just read that and feel it, feel it in your own spirit and your own soul. But um, a lot of people can't see God's works because their eyes are closed or they can't hear the voice of the father because their ears are closed. (laughs) That's so good. Okay. You women who are, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So the women of Jerusalem. So they're talking about the women of Jerusalem. Here we go. You women who are complacent, rise up and listen to me. You daughters who feel secure, hear what I say, what I have to say. In little more than a year, um, you who feel secure will tremble and grape harvest will fail and the harvest of the fruit will not come. Okay, so he's basically talking about being complacent and don't be complacent. So many people are complacent with their faith walk. Totally. It's like, oh, yes, I'm a good Christian. I'm faithful. I do all the right things. Oh, yes, I go to church. I even tithe and I do good things. And then the storm comes. Life is going to have storms. Things happen. That's the time to be steadfast. So don't be complacent. Stay strong. Stay on your word. Keep building up that muscle, that spiritual muscle, so that when hard time comes, you're more prepared and you're more resilient and you know where to go for your strength. Verse 17, the fruit of that righteous will be peace. Its effect and will be quietness and confidence forever. Oh my goodness. See, we don't have to read books anymore about confidence. It's right here. The fruit of the righteous will be peace. Its effects will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in un disturbed places of rest. Okay, guys, you're going to have to read that because that's just chapter 32. Oh my goodness. We still have 33 and 34 to go. Okay. Distress and help. Woe to you, destroyer. You who have not been destroyed. Woe to you, betrayer. You have not you who have not been betrayed, when you stop destroying, you will be destroyed. When you stop betraying, you will be betrayed. Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. At the uproar of your army, the people fled. When you rise up, the nations scatter. Your plunder, O nations, is harvested as by the young locusts. Like a swarm of locust people pounce on it. The Lord is exalted for the dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. He will be the sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord, meaning utter reverence, respect, honor, glory, praise, is all wrapped up in the word, the fear of the Lord. It's basically an awe-ness. It's what drops people to their knees when they're praising God. Okay, that is 33. And then moving down at 33, starting at verse about 20, it talks about like a new Jerusalem. So that's pretty interesting. In case you want to jump down there and dig into that. And then 34... Oh my goodness, what's 34 about? Judgment against the nations. Come near, you nations, and listen. Pay attention, you peoples. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all that comes out of it. The Lord is angry with all the nations. His wrath is on all their armies. 
He will just totally destroy them. He will give them over to the slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out, their dead bodies stink, and the mountains will be soaked with their blood. All the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens rolled. Okay, yep, lots of disaster. Lots and lots of disaster. And this is the part that upsets people. Yep, 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 more dis disaster. Let's see if there's any hope on this one. Um, none of these things will be missing. Nope. Mm, nope, pretty much. I think they will possess it forever and dwell there from generation to generation. Not one will be lack for mate. So um, I don't think, yeah. So basically all the way down to the end of chapter 34 is pretty much disaster for those who what? Don't follow God's ways. The ones who don't, <laughs> it's like, what do they say? The pot um, telling the, the pot telling the potter, the one who made it, you don't know anything. I don't need to go to you for advice. I don't need to go to you for help. I don't need to be thankful to you or listen to your ways. That's so silly, right? Um, so yes, there's lots of destruction. But isn't that nice? It's like God's telling us, guys, 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 this is what's going to happen to those who don't follow my ways. To those who don't um, repent and are faithful and, and love God. But then it also says, but if you do that, if you do repent, be faithful, love God, all of that, these are all the great things you get to enjoy. It's not so awesome. It's so clear. The Bible is so clear. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, my friends, that was chapter 32, 33, and 34. I encourage you, go and read it. Let your eyes bathe over every word of the Bible just in case your eyes are still shut, your spirit is still asleep, and your ears cannot hear, then bathe, let your eyes bathe over the scriptures and let it be revealed to you in its own time. Isn't that so good? Okay, my friends, 32, 33, 34 of the book of Isaiah. Hope you enjoyed that, and I shall see you soon.